As a way to honor all of the mothers on here, from now through Mother's Day weekend, you can grab the My Essential Birth course and get the new bonus birth affirmations track plus matching birth affirmation cards and get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot. Or you can be one of the first five to bundle and save grabbing the My Essential Birth and Postpartum course. And I will personally send you a handmade 100% muslin cotton belly bind with your bonus tutorial video. Plus you get all the bonuses from before the birth affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day. Women have been giving birth for centuries, so it's a pretty natural experience, right? Wrong. I'm Stephanie King, professional doula, childbirth educator, and the creator of the My Essential Birth Course, the online childbirth education course that's helping women everywhere confidently achieve their best birth. Today's culture would have us think that birth should be treated like an illness or an emergency, and that most of us need other people telling us what's best for our bodies because we aren't the experts. So sit tight, because if you're tuning into this podcast, you'll probably start to believe in your body, your intuition, and find yourself empowered and confident to do what it takes to have the birth of your dreams. If you like listening to me take you through these weekly topics step-by-step, then you're going to love the My Essential Birth course. Make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast and definitely head over to myessentialbirth.com for the free downloads mentioned right here in these episodes and to join the birth course and community full of pregnant moms just like you. I have to add a disclaimer that I am not a medical professional and I cannot provide medical advice. All of the information expressed in this podcast are based off of personal, professional, and educational experiences and are my own opinion. Please work with a provider you trust for medical advice during your pregnancy and birth. All right. Welcome back, you guys. And this week's reviewer of the week is Sean Derenzo. And she says, so inspired by this podcast. Hi, Stephanie. Found your podcast through the Breastfeeding Talk podcast. And now I can't stop binging it. I'm currently eight months postpartum with my second baby. And you make me want to have another at home. Your words are so inspiring. And listening to the work you do makes me want to become a birth doula. Currently studying to be a certified lactation counselor. But who knows what else my future may hold. Ha. Thank you for the beautiful work you do for women and all the information you give to empower us through the most beautiful and life-changing moments of motherhood. I will never stop recommending this show. Thank you so much, Sean. And I'm kind of excited for you to tune in to this week's episode because we are talking about a couple who has had a baby or two at home um, and she's preparing to do that again right now. So uh, without further ado, will you guys take a moment and say hello and introduce yourselves a little about what you do because you guys have your own podcast and stuff, a little bit about what you do kind of professionally, but also how um, kind of how this whole home birth thing came about and a little bit of your background, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hello. We are Sarah and Matthew Bivens. Hello. Of doing it at home. As you mentioned, that's kind of what we're up to on professional and personal side of things. We created doing it at home our <laughs> podcast back in 2016 when we had a home birth for our first child, our daughter, and it inspired us sharing our story and then opening up this world and this platform to share other home birth stories over the past six years. And now here we are pregnant again, planning for another home birth. And it's a blend of our, our personal preparation and our family life and our relationship and parenthood, as well as continuing to add to this this Rolodex of of stories and information because along the way we've become so 
educated, informed, empowered around home birth. We're very passionate about it. And that contributed to turning it into a business. And it's something that is is so dear to us. Yeah. Yeah. We love supporting home birth families, families who are uh, making the switch into home birth or just going there for the first time, um, because that was our story as well. And so we started the podcast, doing it at home. And you know, Sarah and I, we love working together. We yes. love making babies together yes. and, and doing life together. So thanks for having <laughs> us on today. Yeah, I love it. It makes me curious. And I know that we've kind of got a flow that we're going to go with here. But I just want to ask you guys, what was it that switched you from maybe what you had been planning prior, I assume maybe a hospital, but what what was it that got you excited about home birth? What did that for you? Yes. And we were planning for a hospital birth up until about 18 weeks pregnant uh, with with our first. And I would say what got us excited or me, I'll speak for me, what got me excited about moving into home birth once we did, and it wasn't a straight and narrow path. We went back and forth a little bit. There were the what ifs, there were the fears, there were the doubts, there was pushback from friends and family of certain areas and a lot of things to grapple with and contend with. And yet once home birth really resonated true, I was so excited about creating the experience and feeling like we could be the creators of the experience versus walking into some place and being told what was going to happen to me, what, being told what was going to happen to my baby, and this is what you have to follow. With home birth, it felt so much more collaborative. It felt so much more co-creative in that there were our visions and our desires, and they were honored, as well as taking input from the wisdom and the experience of our midwives, our birth team, and other people that we knew who were supportive of our choice to have a home birth. So for me, the most exciting part of it was feeling like I had this huge say in this transformative life experience that was going to catapult me into motherhood and us into parenthood. And so just feeling like it was my experience made a big difference. I'd say for me, it's very similar to what you're talking about, Sarah. Um, and it, it really comes down to the the moment when we realized that hospital birth is not going to be for us. And that was when we had an appointment with our, our OB and we had been seeing him for pretty much the first trimester mm-hmm. of the pregnancy. And we walked in there with a list of things that we would like to experience during the birth. And our list included things like we would like there to be water, a yoga ball. Sarah doesn't want to be hooked up to different equipment. She wants to be able to move around freely. And we went into that appointment, shared the list with him. And he simply said, no, you can't do that. I'm not comfortable with that. And that's against <laughs> hospital policy. Mm-hmm. And so in that moment, we we understood, okay, well, hospital birth is just not for us. We weren't yet on, on the track for home birth, uh, but it was clear that a hospital birth was not for us. And that's because we were so clear that this was the experience that we wanted, that we listed out here in, in this piece of paper. Here are the things that we we are you know we know are going to be present at our birth, um, and it's simply figuring out where is the best environment that's going to support that. So that was exciting for me because um, it wasn't going to be us trying to fit into another model. It was us identifying the model that's going to work best for um, for our vision. And for us, it ended up being home birth. And as Sarah mentioned, um, I had some fears. I had some what ifs. And after having conversations with uh, the the midwives who ended up attending our birth, um, as well as watching births, you know, watching videos of home births, 
all of my fears and questions were answered. And I became a, a super advocate for our home birth um, to the point where Sarah started to feel a little trepidation. And I was like, love, listen, this is this is meant for us. Like we're meant to do a home birth. And um, then the two of us were on board 100%. But I'll always remember that meeting with the OB um, and just sharing with them, hey, here's our vision. Here's what we would like to experience. And when he said no, we said, okay, great. We appreciate the the time that you spent with us, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to be going elsewhere, and it was it was pretty peaceful, mm-hmm. and we we you know we went on our way. It was an amicable breakup. <laughs> it was. It was. <laughs> um, I have to say, you guys shared a lot of wisdom just within these first couple of minutes of the podcast. This is kind of where I joke about the chicken egg situation, where I talk about the importance of finding a provider that is going to recognize and support your birth choices. But also, you need to know what your ideal birth looks like. Mm -hmm. So you had done some research, you know, to be able to say, I want a yoga ball. I want freedom of movement. I want to be in the water. These are things that I want to be able to take that to your provider and say, you know, this is my experience that I'm looking for. Um, And then to find that provider that can help you get there. So I think that's really important. Everything you're saying right now is just so true for women that are listening. I hope that you're hearing if you understand what you desire for your birth, your next step is to go find that supportive care team. The yeah. other thing I love is the communication between the two of you. Um, because when that is synced and you're there supporting each other, even as you were explaining, like Sarah's getting a little nervous as we're talk- getting closer to the home birth actually happening and stuff and being able to say like, no, like we've talked about this and it's made for us and we're going to do this. That's so huge. So I want to thank both of you for just being clear, <laughs> clear and supportive of each other and and that situation and being able to share that so clearly with my listeners, because I know women are going to take away exactly what they need from that. And and for moms that are listening, I hope that this is one of those episodes where you bring dad on with you. This is a partner episode, too. And that's mm-hmm. I'm so grateful to have um, both Sarah and Matthew with me today, because this is that's where it all comes together. Like you guys are are you talking about all the right things? So I love it. And thank you for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm curious a little bit about your pregnancy. So whether, did you have anything that kind of, um, made it difficult or challenging in any way to be able to stay at home? Did you have any, uh, anything like a GBS or did you not choose to do the GPS? Did you have like a gestational diabetes thing? Were you high risk in any way? Was it a pretty low key pregnancy? What did that look like for you uh, moving from hospital to home birth as far as like how your pregnancy was going? Yeah. That's one of the things that I feel so grateful for. I feel so blessed. And it's also intentional in terms of our lifestyle choices and the decisions we choose daily consciously to, to make up how we do life. I was very low risk. And that was part of the questioning too. Like I'm not a medical condition to be managed. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm not sick. Why do I need to do all these things in a place that is about treating sickness? And why do I have to wear a hospital gown? Things like that. So I was very low (laughs) risk. I was very healthy. I stayed very active, uh, strength training, ran. I ran a 10K at 31 weeks pregnant with the first one. I can give a couple highlights on this second one and how it is very different, but did that for the first one. And I did choose to do gestational diabetes testing. However, it was not with the 
colored drink. It was monitoring my own blood sugar at home and with the instruction and support and guidance of my midwife, how to track it and what that gave us intel as as far as what that meant. So that was negative. I chose to do GBS as well. That was negative. And we we had all the green lights for being at home and for it being successful and for it being an effective experience, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, which kind of leads me into the next question actually then, and this is what I know my listeners really want to hear. I want to hear a little bit about your preparation. You know, you kind of explained like I was active, I was healthy, I was doing these things. So what did your preparation look like to stay healthy and low risk and to be able to prepare for having an unmedicated out of hospital birth? Yes, that's great. And you, Matthew, please chime in because pregnancy and mom brain are real. And so if there's things that there's holes or gaps, (laughs) but then also back to having the communication, having a partner who's so supportive of you and having that teammate to cheer you on, to help hold you accountable to things, whether it's you're forgetting or you don't want to or or whatnot. We have a level of trust and communication with each other that he'll check in with me on things. You know, he did last time and he's doing it this time with this pregnancy, whether it's how are you eating? Are you eating? Are you eating well? Are you getting enough food? Are you getting enough energy? All those things. He's great for that. And so I would say the prep first time around, and it's interesting to now be coming to the end of a second pregnancy to see the comparisons and have so much appreciation for how different pregnancies can be in the same woman. (laughs) And I have so much Mm -hmm. more experiential knowledge around that now. So I look at it like my first pregnancy with Maya, our daughter, I feel like that was my, my gym baby in the sense that I stayed just as active, non-pregnant, pretty much. I modified things, of course, but in terms of my duration and frequency, I was in the gym, I was running, and it was a lot of finding my voice, too. And I think that had to do with making the shift to home birth, right? Feeling very convicted in the choice. And so that looked like getting very clear on what I wanted. And so I feel like that pregnancy gave me this beautiful opportunity to find a level of grit within myself and a level of determination in myself through things like looking at working out as this microcosm for that, looking at that as birth training, essentially, and and parent and mommy training and life training. So looking at it from that perspective and then having a lot of really beautiful, transparent, open conversations with people that I'm close to who could hold a high level of energy for me and for us and for the baby and for the birth. So a lot of that, I feel like it was a lot of self-work along with the physicality in terms of prep and then great conversations and, and sessions and appointments with our midwives. That was absolutely a big part of prep. And I think those were the biggest contributors. And I could say that this time around, I have not been as much of a gym person. (laughs) I'm still staying active, but not (laughs) to the degree that I am not pregnant and not to the degree that I was in the first pregnancy. And so this one, I've been really honed in on nutrition. I've been really honed in on how I'm nourishing myself and how I'm feeding myself, as well as mindfulness techniques and how I am sinking into a deeper level of of spirituality within myself. So those are some of the the factors that I see when I kind of compare them side by side as to what's helped me the most based on what I feel like I need in that specific pregnancy, based on who each human is and maybe what 
they need and they're calling me to, as well as just what this kind of pregnancy warrants. So that's a, a little bit of double there, sharing the first and the second. But are there any things you would fill in as far as from the partner side of things or anything else you witnessed with me? As a way to honor all of the mothers on here, from now through Mother's Day weekend, you can grab the My Essential Birth course and get the new bonus birth affirmations track plus matching birth affirmation cards and get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot. Or you can be one of the first five to bundle and save grabbing the My Essential Birth and Postpartum course. And I will personally send you a handmade 100% muslin cotton belly bind with your bonus tutorial video. Plus you get all the bonuses from before the birth affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot, totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day. What I would add is prior to becoming pregnant, Sarah and I um, live healthy lifestyle. And for us, health is more than physical. You know, we look at spiritual, emotional, sexual, physical, all the different areas. And a lot of what that looks like is making sure that we keep those areas of our lives um, filled up, like, you know, like deposits in a bank account. We want to keep the the account in the in the black, not going into the red. So getting into being pregnant, we were looking at, okay, let's make sure that we keep all these different areas um, addressed, that we continue to address these different areas and health in these areas. Um, and then listening to Sarah's body. And that's why I think in with Maya's pregnancy, Sarah's intuition was, let me let me go on the physical side of things and continue working out. You know, she felt excited to work out more. She felt excited to run the uh, 10K at 31 weeks. Um, and then on during this pregnancy, it's been more of, as Sarah mentioned, nutrition, supplements, and and nourishing her body in a different way. So our preparation very much has been holistic. It's been across the board um, with both pregnancies, making sure physically Sarah feels you know, her best emotionally, um, addressing the fears and the what ifs that come up, addressing, just, just sharing those moments when, hey, this pregnancy is tough or hey, I have a doubt here or whatever it is, just sharing those things so that they don't stay within her and, and fester. And the same with me. If I'm holding on to anything that I'm afraid of or, you know, have my own what ifs, um, I make sure to express it. And sometimes it's to Sarah, but sometimes it's to it's the other people who can hold that space. Um, and I'll give an example. With our pregnancy with Maya, our first daughter, we didn't know a lot of things about birth. I didn't know a lot of things about birth. I didn't know a lot of things about home birth. So our midwives gave us DVDs to watch so that so that we could see what birth was like. Mm-hmm. And Sarah and I watched a handful of, of documentaries. So I had maybe 10 examples of birth to go off of. And I, I leaned on those to see what, you know, home birth could look like. Going into this pregnancy, we've been holding space on our podcast for six years. And over that six years, we've interviewed 350 potential, maybe people and have heard their story. So going into this pregnancy, I have heard a lot more. I've heard a lot of examples of things that went great and things that didn't go Mm -hmm. the way mom and dad wanted them to. So I just had more information now. And I found that it was 
it was having an impact on me. Like I was thinking more of the what ifs. I was thinking more of my own, my own fears. Mm. Um, and so I reached out to, to people that I'm close with, people who could hold space. And I just shared. I know I, I shared with them similar to as I'm sharing right now. And so that helped me emotionally release what I needed to get rid of so that I could stay, you know, solid for myself and for Sarah in the pregnancy. So it's things like that, that, that we had been addressing, you know, the physical thing, staying active, Sarah's nutrition, you know, making sure that's on point. Um, but then also going into the emotional side of things, going into the spiritual side of things, you know, thinking about the mental side of things. Is, is there anything that's weighing on Sarah that's mm. creating stress? If there is, how can we take it off your plate? <laughs> you know, we're, we're both, we're entrepreneurs. We, we run multiple businesses. So how can we shut things down early enough to where you don't have to think about that so that you can focus your time and energy on baby? Yeah. So there's a lot of preparation that we did um, that you may not find in a birth course. And I think a lot of it was tuning in to what was causing us, you know, dis-ease within ourselves. Like what was creating anxiety or stress or discomfort you know, obviously there's going to be some physical discomfort with Sarah's body as she's, as her body is preparing for birth. But, you know, there's other sorts of signals that both of our bodies were giving us like, hey, you might want to address this. And we just had the courage to always address it. You know, we, we weren't going to let things um, fester. So we were going to address everything. And I think that was one of the best types of preparation that we did is when something came up, we addressed it. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, I, I'm curious too, since you have listened to so many birth stories, and I know I definitely emphasize listening to positive birth stories. However, I think women who have had not such great experiences not only deserve a space to share them, but I also think there's something to be learned um, for other women that are listening as well. I look at you know my first experience, and that was it's not what I would have considered a positive birth story. And certainly the way that I, I felt and the way I was telling that story, whether to myself or other people was not positive. However, there was plenty to learn there. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what led to me having some better experiences. So I'm curious how you guys feel now that you've listened to all of these stories and you have the experience of listening to them coming up to this pregnancy do you have recommendations one way or the other? Or if you're listening to a not so great birth story, what do you do to either like help yourself work through that or put a positive spin on it? What do you do with those birth stories that aren't so positive? Yeah, that's really great. Yep. <clears throat> one thing that I would say is I would kind of call it energetic hygiene. <laughs> and by that, I mean being very clear on when you're putting yourself in a certain space of a certain type of content. I'm like this, whether it's social media or it's movies or shows we're going to watch or music I'm going to listen to. I'm aware of my emotional state currently and how by watching this thing, does it support where I'm at? Could it detract from where I'm at or will it add to where I'm at? And based on that, what choice do I kind of want to make? And if it's something that could detract, how can I get my energy up maybe a little bit more than it is to compensate for that? So that's something I would put out there is kind of do an internal check-in with yourself when you are delving into anything birth content related. Because if you're already in a fearful space about something and then listening to or reading or watching something that could add to that is really just going to 
bring it further down the rabbit hole. So I I think those check-ins with yourself throughout the day and when you do choose to put yourself in the space of birth education or empowerment, make a thing out of it. Make it this, acknowledge it as, okay, this is me sitting down to listen to these stories because I want to connect with my baby and I want to connect with this birth experience and I'm really excited and this is awesome. This is me choosing to do this. Just kind of have that internal talk throughout it. And I agree that there's value and importance for all the types of stories to be shared. And I think it's about managing yourself and your energetic emotional state to where you can listen to those things and not have it affect you as if it were you. Like you can hear it, you can take some of the the factors from it, you can almost sift out the high intense emotionality of it and see where the red flags are potentially or see where the things that you could avoid or things that you could talk to your midwife or care provider about because you heard that thing now versus wearing it on and being very spongy emotionally and energetically because I'm I'm kind of empathic in that way too. So if I, again, depending on where I'm at, if I go into a certain type of content, I can absorb that. And so I think it's just being mindful of that as well. And if that's a little too risky for you, then I would avoid those things, particularly in pregnancy. I would just avoid them. And if there's things that you need to talk out or work out as far as the what is or the things that you've learned about, bring that to your care provider, possibly to some other sort of um, mental health care that you could also have to support you going into pregnancy and birth. But Um, I believe it's absolutely possible to take the lessons from less than powerful or what we may not have wanted experiences and, and really get something out of it to potentially minimize things like that in the future and to also just feel understood and connect with others and validate their experiences. So I think it really just ultimately comes down to being responsible for you are at and what sort of choices you want to make based on that. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And, you know, it's, it is great to, um, it's important to mention everybody's story is important. Everybody's story deserves to be out there and and to be shared and heard. Um, And then to Sarah's point, you know, understanding the impact that different types of stories have on you, you know, just because you you never know what, what the impact will be. So um, checking in with yourself on that, uh, because there is a lot of, of things that can be learned and gained from um, listening to a story where the outcome didn't go the way that the person wanted it to. You know, one of the questions that we ask the moms and dads at the end of our conversations with them is, you know, what wisdom do you have to share? Because no matter what the, the outcome was, no matter how the story went, there's wisdom to be shared. And um, a lot of times, you know, the, our guests will go ahead and share that wisdom without us asking because they're doing their own self-reflection. So I believe that hmm. that can be done by anybody, self-reflect, Boy, if I was in this situation, how would we handle it? If this unexpected thing came up, you know, my my partner and I haven't prepared for that, but how would we handle this? Um, it it does help you to to it can help you to prepare and feel like you can handle situations that come up. <clears throat> and again, it's really up to you. It's really up to you know the way that you and your partner are going about your preparation. Um, so having that awareness of the impact that any story or conversation is having on you, I think is, is the first place to, to really look at. Um, and then choose what supports you. Choose you know, the, the conversations to engage in, the stories to listen or watch um, that are going to make you feel the way you want to feel mm-hmm. during your pregnancy and during your, the preparation for your birth. Yeah. 
I love that. It's all so good. <laughs> Thank you for Great sharing question. that. Yeah, that um, and I'm going to use that term energetic hygiene. Like that's going to be a new. <laughs> cool. I love that. Great. I love that so much. <laughs> all right. So why don't you guys just dive into it? Let's go over that first birth from that very first contraction or whatever led up to it. Let's hear your birth story. Yes. So it started with the Star Wars theme song. <laughs> that's what I'll say. That's how it started. <laughs> started with Star Wars. Because we went to a concert where they were uh, Atlanta Symphony Orchestra was performing John Williams scores. And John Williams is famous for Star Wars, Harry Potter, Jurassic Park. And the Star Wars theme song plays as the concert wraps up, because, of course, you would wrap up with that. And we were heading to the car and we were just shy of 41 weeks. So I think the next day would have been 41. And as we were walking to the car, I was just very uncomfortable, very uncomfortable, more, more than <laughs> what you could be uncomfortable status at, at almost 41 weeks. But my belly was super tight and I couldn't get comfortable in the car on the way home. And I just thought, oh, like this does not feel great. And yet I was not thinking this was the start. I just I just kind of thought it was discomfort that would would pass. And we got home, went attempted sleep. Sleep was not happening for me. I was just tossing and turning in the bed. And I again, the the discomfort reached a new level lying down in a bed. It just was not not happening. So we're we're nearing 11 p.m., 12 a.m. And I just went to our bathtub in our in our guest bathroom. And I'm the type of person who likes to go to water. We had a birth pool planned and that I think it was already blown up. It was just kind of there on standby because, again, I didn't really know if this was game time or not. And hanging out in the bathtub for a while, I like to go to water when when I don't feel well or just in, in all sorts of situations. And we just hung out for a bit and Matthew supported me and we, we chatted, we I think we listened to some music. Maybe you got me some water and just hung out like that for a bit until there started to become some consistency with these feelings I was having and some some a pattern. And I think we eventually reached out to our midwife around two ish in the morning after that had gone gone by for a while because we kind of knew we didn't need to reach out to them until it reached a certain point. And now we're getting into the early hours of the evening. So I didn't want to reach out if nothing was going on. Um, but by this point, my body had been cleansing. So I was going to the bathroom quite frequently. I lost my mucus plug. And again, with kind of this pattern to the pressure waves or contractions, however you refer to them, Matthew did that reach out probably around three in the morning. I'd and, say so. Yeah. And I think Debbie, our midwife, said, cool, call me back when they look like this. So she she gave us another marker as far as when when to reach back out to her. I think we made note of that and just just kept flowing. It was it was quiet. It was peaceful. Yeah. It was the middle of the night. Matthew was affirming me and stroking my hair and telling me things to be grateful for in the experience. I definitely remember that him giving me this this thing to hold on to mentally of gratitude through the experience, even when it seemed tough or even when there were kind of hitting a wall moments that I could find gratitude in the experience. And that really 
stuck with me and was something great to hold on to throughout the experience. Um, only thing I'll add is how much I loved that those first few hours mm-hmm. from, you know, 10 p.m. till three, four, three, four in yeah. the morning. It was like I Sarah mentioned, it was just it was so quiet. It was us. The rest of the world seemed to be asleep mm-hmm. and still. We had candles going. We had soft music playing in the bathroom. Um, and it was just, you know, so peaceful. And it was it was amazing to have that uh, that time prior to the rest of our team arriving and prior to things yeah. kind of picking up. Um, it was a. It was a moment that we got to share as, you know, partners prior to becoming a family. It's like, okay, this is the time for just you and I. And then, you know, we know baby's on its way. So that was amazing. And then, um, then what we, we called midwife Mm -hmm. and they rolled up. Yep. And one of the things that I I like to talk about with this (laughs) is we knew, I knew that they were going to have equipment with them, but I guess in our midwife appointments, we never actually went over everything. And so when they came to the house, it was three of them. It was our main midwife and and the two apprentices. Mm-hmm. Um, and were they apprentices at the time? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so they come into the house and I always say they were like, it's like in the Matrix where Neo and Trinity in the very first movie and they walk into that office building and they're carrying black duffel bags. And our midwife <laughs> team walked into our house with these black duffel bags. Each one of them had... <laughs> you know, one or two of these big old duffel bags and they come into our bedroom and start unpacking them. And I'm watching like, oh my gosh, you have so much gear. I didn't realize that you had so, you have so much equipment and they're pulling out, you know, oxygen and needles and this and that. And uh, it was pretty cool. It was great. So, and at this point, I'd moved into the birth tub by that point. Yep. And we had twinkle lights set up in our room. Again, a very peaceful energy and and vibe in, in our bedroom. And that's where we stayed for pretty much the rest of the, the time. So we hours. had a midwife and her two apprentice, apprentices. And then over the course of the next couple hours in an order, I can't remember, the rest of our birth team assembled and came. And our birth team looked like a collection of blood and chosen family that were there to support and hold space and each had a very specific role and each Mm -hmm. were very supportive of our choice to have a home birth. They had all witnessed birth or experienced birth and that was important to us. And so we had a, we had a stacked team for sure. So Matthew's mother was there and then two couples. So four other people were there. And so that made for a yeah. for a, a big a big crowd and we have a, a small a small, <laughs> small master yes we do and one of the things that was <laughs> it was important for us is we wanted anybody who was there we wanted them to have a role yeah and so you know one person was in charge of food one mm-hmm. person was in charge of taking care of our dogs mm-hmm. one person was documenting by taking notes and video yeah somebody was acting as a doula for sarah and then somebody mm-hmm. was there as a as like a, a tag team partner for me yeah you know because i was very hands-on doing mm-hmm. a lot of counter pressure on sarah's hips a lot of, of massage on her body. Um, I was always touching Sarah pretty much. So if I needed to go use the restroom or grab a bite to eat, this person would step in. Um, and that was great. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it was a larger team, um, but everybody had a role and everybody was there and they knew their role. And we had, they had all attended midwife appointments. Yep. The, everyone knew each other. That was yeah. important that everyone had rapport. They met at our, at our home visit mm-hmm. towards the end of the pregnancy. So Everybody knew what they were doing. They yes. weren't just, you know, watching the whole time. It was very purposeful. And yeah. it maybe this is helpful to listeners and to the point of 
partners listening in on this as well. Something I picked up along our prep. I don't exactly know where I got it from, but I'd heard this, this thing that can happen in birth where dad, if he chooses to be very, very involved, like Matthew was from a physical standpoint, as well as emotionally, that at the end of the birth experience, they were kind of fried and they weren't getting nature's cocktail of hormones to kind of support them and in integrating the experience <laughs> and everything and like coming back down to earth. And so I thought, oh, if there's anything that could be done on our end so that Matthew could be fed and hydrated at the least, but then could also have some emotional support, almost like a daddy doula. I want that because I need him in great condition after the birth and, and there on. So that's where that kind of came into play is I wanted support, of course, but then I really wanted Matthew to have support too. And so birth team is there and I hung out in that birth pool, 95% of the yeah. whole experience. <clears throat> and from that star Wars theme song, to baby arriving was 12 hours and most of that was spent in water. That's just where I wanted to be. And I went very internal. I was pretty quiet. I vocalized at times during certain waves and had my, my low moans and things like that. But I mainly just went in and I, I think it was very parallel and very indicative with how I went through the pregnancy and how I talked about going into this grit and going into this intensity of a physical experience, I was drawing on all of that to go into this birth. And I was drawing on all of those, those reps and times in the gym of practicing that acute stress and practicing breath work in times when my legs felt like they were going to fall out doing squats. You know, I'm applying that here in these waves and I'm working on my surrender and allowing them to just carry me where they will and that, that was my experience in the tub. A lot of counter pressure on my hips. I had someone doing the clothespin almost the entire time as well. So I'm grateful for all those strong grips and fists. <laughs> and at one point, the sun's starting to come up. And my midwife suggested every once in a while to use the bathroom, you know, to keep emptying my bladder. They would warm up the, the tub at one point, a walk was suggested. I wasn't really digging it, but I knew it could be helpful. So I had someone on either side of me just walk me down the hallway. And I was like, turn it around. We're going right back. That's enough. <laughs> so I walked right back down the hall. I just wanted to be still. That's just... And this is funny, too, because we hear it on the show. And I had my own version of it. I had these visions of bouncing on a birth ball and this montage of flowers <laughs> in my hair and I'm eating and drinking and I'm going for walks outside yeah. and none of that happened. I just needed to stay in this birth pool and look at these colorful fishies on this birth pool and just be there. <laughs> That's what needed to happen. And we are getting close to transition because I vomited. And at that point, hadn't slept the night before really wasn't drinking too, too much because I just wasn't that interested and I wasn't that interested in food. So I didn't have much in me and to then be just vomiting on the floor of my bedroom thinking that's when things started to creep in a little bit like, oh man, how much longer, how much longer with this and how much do I have in the tank? And it was more like logistical and strategic thinking versus like, I just want to give up. It, it was just, if someone could give me a gauge here, if someone could tell me, then I could, I could work with that, but no one can really tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
And I remember going to the bathroom one more time, sitting on the toilet, looking at Matthew because he was sitting there with me. And that was my uh, crisis of confidence moment. That was my, as we hear in the patterns and in the hundreds of stories, the moment you don't think you can do it anymore, you're pretty close to the end. But that was my moment. And that was when, yeah. Remember what you said? I think I said, this really hurts. Yeah. That's just the way I communicated. But what I, that was a full statement of, I don't think I can do this. If someone gives me an out here, I'll probably take it. It, that it was it was saying so much and yet the only words I could get out were this hurts. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I remember that looked moment. at me with your beautiful eyes and gave me everything <laughs> I needed in that moment. Yeah, it was, it was interesting because um, I wouldn't say that we prepared for that moment specifically. Yeah. Yet we had prepared for it in so many ways and just the trust that we built between each other. I knew what Sarah's vision was. I knew what she wanted. <clears throat> excuse me. I knew what she wanted to experience. She wanted to have this home birth. I watched her train emotionally, physically, spiritually. I supported her in the training. I was there through, you know, doing our hypnobirthing course. So I I understood, oh, this is the moment as a partner that I, I pour my confidence into her. So when you're having a crisis of confidence, this that's when I have an overabundance of confidence and I mm. communicate that. So when she said, this hurts, I was like, I get it. I get it. And you're close. You know, we're about to meet our baby girl mm. and, you know, just held, held so strong, you know, so rock solid that she is able to waver in that moment and not see any fear in my eyes. Like, oh man, maybe we should pull the plug. Maybe we yeah, should that call. wouldn't have helped. Yeah. Cause that, that would have created a whole cascade, <laughs> uh, but I never felt that way because of all the prep that I did. Mm. It was like, cool. I hear you love. Yeah. I get it hurts and you're doing it. Yeah. And so then you move through that. And that was shortly after was pushing, right? We we came out, went to the birthing stool because my midwife said, why don't you just try sitting here for a few minutes and seeing how that feels? And I was open to that. And there we are sitting on the birthing stool. And she says, do you mind? Do you want me to check you? Do you, or it was, it was something, there was an ask, there was a consent. And I was like, yeah, sure. Let's, let's see what's going on. And that's when my waters broke. And we... Hmm. I felt some of the pushy sensation, but I'd never felt it before. And I'd never used these muscles before to do this very specific thing. So I appreciate my midwife in that she gave me some assistance with that and kind of walked me through it and helped me feel some of the musculature down there and, and, and gave me that guidance and gave me that confidence to feel like, oh, okay, I can do this. And a couple of practice pushes, if you will, and something locked in. And I thought, oh, I can do this. Yeah. If I could do the past 12 hours of having these waves rock me around, now I feel like I have some grounding. I have some footing. I have gravity working with me. I can get into a bit more of an athletic active mode. Something just clicked. And I just thought, let's do this. Let's bring this baby. I'm ready. And I wouldn't know until later that she wasn't engaged into the pelvis yet. Even at that point, she was still at a like a negative two floating. And I was, I was determined. I think she was determined. And 45 minutes later, she came out Mm -hmm. (laughs) and was placed on my chest. And it, that moment was quite surreal as I'm sure many who have had it can, can relate and very quickly, but very deliberately and very calmly, my midwife noticed I was bleeding more than she would like to see. And so she just said, everyone out of the way, we're getting Sarah to the bed. 
We shuffled me and baby over to the bed and they just shot me with some Pitocin right in my thigh and all was well. And from that point on, we got to stay snuggled up in our bed and Matthew was there with us and birth the placenta easily, thankfully. And we all sang her happy birthday. (laughs) Matthew cut the cord. I had some minor tearing and I was stitched up right there in my bed. I got to shower in my own bathroom, eat my own food, be in my own bed. And that was where I thought, oh, this is this is the way to do it. Like to be in my bed, in my house. (laughs) This is how this is how it should go if, if you want it to. And that's a. That's a synopsis of the the birth. <laughs> I want to I want to add something real quick on the pushing phase. Um, so Sarah was sitting oh. on the birth stool, and I was sitting on a yoga ball behind her, and I had my arms sort of positioned around Sarah's shoulders um, so that she could lean into the into the push, and I would brace her. And it was incredible to experience the strength that a woman has when she's pushing out a baby. Mm. I was so tired, and I all I was doing was bracing. You know, I sat there the whole time just holding on, embracing. And every time you would push, love, like I just, my whole body would lock up trying to hold you back. And I just remember my biceps being on fire, my back being on fire. I believe it. But to experience that amount of of strength, like female queen goddess strength mm-hmm. was was life-changing for me. I mean, I, I you know, I, I had an idea of how strong women were before that, but to physically experience that was was humbling and awesome you know in every in every sense of the word it was awesome and sarah pushed you know so courageously pushed our our baby girl out and um our midwife caught her and it was it was so cool to to see the faces because i'm sitting behind sarah so what i see in front of me is a midwife the the support team a couple folks filming and so when baby comes out you know, I, I could see baby, but I can also see the faces of everybody else and to see the 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 faces that they made when our, when our you know when my daughter came out was incredible. And then when they moved Sarah over to the bed, that's when you know, our midwife said, OK, I would everybody to move. As When Sarah stood up, I saw the blood hit the floor. So it did trigger within me a thing of, oh, blood bad, hmm. you know, and what followed yeah. <laughs> after that was it was just like a paternal instinct to to almost shield Sarah from what they were doing when they were tending to Sarah and the bleeding and put my body in between Sarah and the midwives so that Sarah could focus on the baby. Mm. And so they moved Sarah to the bed. You know, she has baby Maya on her chest. And, you know, my my whole focus right then was, let's just focus on this baby. Yeah. Let's look at what you did. Look at what you did. Mm-hmm. In the back of my mind, I'm wondering, okay, how, you know, how intense is the bleeding? Like what's going on? Are they going to be able to take care of everything? Um, and they did. And they did. And so for me, when we got the sort of the thumbs up that everything was cool, um, it allowed me to really just sink into this moment of, oh, my gosh, we're parents now. <laughs> and and uh, I remember after we got that thumbs up and everything was great, I just stood up and I hugged everyone in that room and just cried on their shoulder, just thanking them. Like, thank you for for being here and holding space for the way that you did. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, as Sarah mentioned, it was so amazing to be at home and do everything in our bedroom. Sarah got to lay in bed and 
we did the, the little what are they called the tests app apgar Ap- yeah all the you know weigh the baby yeah goes all for that, a little ride in the, in the little things. stork and, um you know just hearing yeah. the, the chit chat of conversation <laughs> around the room you know it's like this this happy moment of everybody talking about different things yeah. so it was incredible it was beautiful Well, thank you both for coming on this show today, for sharing with so much vulnerability and clarity for the women that are listening and preparing for their own births. Um, I'm grateful for you guys and for your story and for the work that you're doing. For those that are listening, if you're looking to connect with Sarah and Matthew um, on their podcast or get in touch with them in any way, I'm going to include all the links in the show notes for you guys. so You can just click right over to their information. But thank you again so much for your time today. Thank you. Thank you so much, Stephanie. That's it for this week, but make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you get notifications first as I drop new episode every week. And don't forget to head over to myessentialbirth.com for all of the free downloads mentioned here and to join the birth course and community serving pregnant moms just like you. If you enjoyed this and other episodes, I would love it if you would take a few minutes to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I read every single one and include one at the beginning of each episode. See you next week.